Welcome to Political Beatdown, Ben Micellis, joined by Michael Cohen. You know how I want to start off the show today, Michael Cohen? I want to talk about MAGA Republican cowardice. What I want to talk about is how Hunter Biden's lawyer, Abby Lowell, sent a letter to MAGA Republican James Comer and said, Hunter Biden is willing to show up and be there in front of the world, testify under penalty of perjury before the House Oversight Committee, no secret depositions, let's do this in public, to which the MAGA Republicans immediately responded, nope, we want secret depositions. Then all of the right-wing media said, oh, secret depositions are so much better. Cowardice. I also what ever happened to transparency? Whatever happened to transparency? Isn't that something that they have been screaming about forever and ever, Ben? Yeah, and 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 I want to get into the importance of transparency because when we show the clips here, we give it as much as possible. We're not going to show 20-minute clips on a hour show, but we give the clips their full context, and you could evaluate for yourself. Transparency matters here for the beatdown brigade. And then you go to Rosalind Carter's funeral, a stately affair, an elegant affair, a beautiful affair, where you had all of the former living presidents and first ladies showing up. Melania showed up. Donald Trump doesn't show up. And look, he's a disgrace. Would I have wanted him to show up? No, but he is a coward. He wants to talk a tough game on social media and say all of these things about Biden and Obama and Hillary Clinton, but he's too afraid to even show face right there. This is nothing, but Ben, there was nothing there for him. He can't get up onto the podium. He can't give his stupid stump speech about, they stole the election from us. Rosalind, even Rosalind agrees, laying there in her beautiful, beautiful casket that was manufactured in China. In China, it was manufactured. He can't get up and give his stupid stump speech. So his feeling is, why go? And instead, he'll say, there was no need for me to go. I was represented by our great first lady, Melania Trump. By the way, somebody put something up. I think it was on uh, on X on Twitter. It was hysterical. And it had all the first ladies next to each other. Of course, yeah. You know, Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis, you know, looking beautiful in her outfits. Then you had, you know, uh, Mrs. Ford, you had Mrs. Carter, then you had Michelle Obama, and then they had Melania next to her as well. Nude. I mean, it was very, very funny. I thought it was, and they were like, talk about how we have devolved as a country, you know, in terms of the first. I thought I was desperate, desperate to find it again, to send it to Salty, to post up there, because I just thought it was really hysterical where you're able to see the various different. Uh, clothing designs and personalities of the first ladies over the last, say, 30 some odd years. And then you had Melania with no clothes on. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. So whoever did it, genius, genius. You know, I'm dropping a hot take right after this uh, show where I do show the the, the importance of character. And I show this incredible interview with Judy Woodruff from PBS with Rosalind Carter and Jimmy Carter after 75 years of marriage, 
and this was back in 2021, where Jimmy Carter and Rosalind Carter were just talking about their love for each other, how they would, before they go to sleep at night, always make sure if they had any arguments to resolve those disputes, to give each other a kiss and to wake up in the morning and say, I love you to their significant other. And in this video, I'll tell everybody, go, go and watch it. I just reflected on the importance of character and role models um, in the highest office and, and how we have devolved. And, and then I go from showing that to a deposition clip of Donald Trump where E. Jean Carroll's lawyer, Roberta Kaplan's cross-examining Donald Trump and shows him the video where Donald Trump brags about sexually assaulting women. And then Donald Trump's response to that as well, historically, he goes, fortunately or unfortunately, that's mm -hmm. just the way that it has been. And to me, first I show what happened at the funeral and some of the eulogies that were given. Then I show the interview with Jimmy Carter and Rosalind Carter from 2021. Then I show Trump. And then I show President Biden talking about how one of the most important things for him in reducing prescription drug prices, like reducing the cost of insulin to less than $35 a month, is that it's about dignity. He says, it's about dignity, damn it. And I want to make sure that Americans are not struggling to try to get the medication that they need. And for all of these apologists and right-wing disinformation echo chambers like Fox and even legacy media that covers for Donald Trump, and even where you're in a situation right now where you've got Fox saying, no, what we really need is secret depositions. It's like, I never want to forget that leadership is also just about character and about being a good person and about having dignity and about being role models to the next generation. And, you know, this high school teacher at Fort Dodge, Iowa, reached out to me after Donald Trump gave that speech where unprompted Donald Trump talked about golden showers and hookers and and and, and all of these disgusting things. Unprompted, he brought it, Donald Trump brought that up on his own. And the teacher said, well, what am I supposed to say to students? They're watching this. How How are we supposed to, as teachers, respond to this where this is the leader of a major political party and that should not be lost in our discourse michael cohen no it shouldn't be ben and unfortunately how do you explain that to a child how do you tell a child not to do the things that children do whether it's be mean or bully you know and i'm not talking about you know, some of the way some of these movies are, I'm talking about just, you know, children need to learn. Well, clearly Donald was never taught anything because at his ripe old age of 77, he's meaner and nastier than any third, fourth grader could ever be in the playground. And he thinks it's funny. And worse than him thinking that it's funny, Ben, his supporters think it's funny. They think that this is proper and normalized behavior in a civilized society. And they are enjoying it, especially when he goes on a racist, sexist, misogynistic, xenophobic, homophobic, Islamophobic, anti-Semitic rant. This is exactly who these folks 
want to emulate. And that, to me, is the concerning factor that we, the brigade, must, must, must tackle as we start to come close to the 2024 election. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. We must figure out how to tackle this group and stop them from magnifying these messages of hate through you know, their ecosystem. We just need to do it. And I think we are starting, I don't want to overstate this point, but I think we are starting to see some cracks that are forming as some right-wing leaders and evangelical leaders are growing a spine to call out and confront Donald Trump, recognizing all he's going to do is just make up something nasty about me, post something on his social media platform, you know, maybe file a frivolous lawsuit. But when you ultimately confront him like you did, Michael Cohen, he's too afraid to even show up for a deposition. And you showed the way of how you respond to, to him there when he's trying to intimidate you. And I'm not trying to, Michael, understate the level of intimidation and the strength it took for you to stand up. But the point I want to make is that going back to cowardice at the outset, you were ready to litigate that case. Donald Trump sued you. You said, bet. You said, I'm ready to go. Okay, produce your documents. I'll show up for the deposition. I'll be there. Will you, tough guy who wants to give these press conferences outside of the New York courthouse, you want to go on your social media and write mean posts, but okay, sit there for a deposition. Michael Cohen, you said, I'm going to show up. You'll be right across from me, and then we'll we'll get to yeah, the bottom but, of this. But Ben, to be honest with you, I'm a little, I'm in a little bit of a different situation than most people. Uh, I've been beaten down after so many years now, it's a little bit over five, that I'm numb. And I talk about, you know, with our brigaders, you know, the PTSD that goes along with this. I'm numb to the reactions of Donald or worse, his followers. But I'm glad that you acknowledged you cannot minimize the danger that Donald Trump brings to your doorstep when he starts posting about you. And it's one of the reasons why Judge Angoron is doing what he's doing, and rightfully so, in protecting his law clerk and his staff. All As soon as Donald finished with the post, as soon as they finished going on, Alina Haba going on the news and talking about her, Chris Kives, who, again, this is not a stupid guy like the other two. We're talking about a guy who had really a decent reputation in law, throwing it all the way. He's now knee deep into the dumpster shit of Donald's cult. There's no doubt about that. Stands up and says with a straight face, Straight face, he says to Judge Ngoron, we have proof. We have proof that your law clerk, you can't make this stuff up, that your law clerk is biased towards Donald Trump. But And actually, let me rephrase that. Of course, they all call him, the you know, Mr. President, right? President Donald Trump, that she is biased. And he says, okay, present your evidence, like what you were saying that I was doing to Donald Hold his ass to the fire. What does he come up with? 
Look right here in this article written by Breitbart. I mean, by Breitbart? Are you freaking kidding me? Breitbart? You're talking about one of the most right-wing, nonsensical, non-journalistic, you know, online papers that you could find that's filled with conspiracy theories and pro-Trump nonsense propaganda. This is what he was relying on as evidence that the judge's law clerk is biased towards former President Trump, right? I mean, it is just nonsensical. But what makes it even worse is he doesn't care. And I'm referring to Donald Trump does not care the damage that he is inflicting on the law clerk. She will tell you, as will the court, that she has received no less than 100 than a hundred death threats, um, you know, nasty uh, posts, tweets on social media, etc. I've gotten ten times that amount. Would be nice if Angoron would turn around and maybe include witnesses into this gag order, which anybody else, Ben, if that was you doing what Donald is doing, I swear, I promise you. Your ass would be in prison so fast. You would have been picked up one, two, three by police, by the marshal. You never would have left that courtroom. They would have taken it downstairs to the tombs where you would remain until the next day where they would let you out to put on a suit so that you could attend and then you'd go back in. And each and every time that you would open your mouth and say something like Trump is saying about the law clerk, you would then be remanded back into custody. But no, this guy keeps getting one pass after another after another. It's like everybody's fucking scared of him. And I understand it. I understand that he is the leading candidate right now for the Republican nomination. That may change soon, especially with the Cokes, uh, with the Coke Corporation now deciding to back Nikki Haley. We'll see that. We'll talk about that, I'm sure, in a few more moments. But I don't want to I don't want to minimize the damage that Donald Trump does to an individual, anyone, when he starts posting and talking about them. He does it on purpose. He does it with knowledge that it is going to inflict um, pain, whether it's real, physical, or through social media statements, phone calls in the middle of the night. You know that I take my phone off the hook every single night because I would get a phone call every single night, generally by the same group of people, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, and it would just go every hour. So i just disconnect the phone line. And somehow they managed to get a hold of my home number, which is private and unlisted, but it doesn't matter. They managed to get it. These are the things, these are the tactics that Donald doesn't even have to tell his followers he wants them to do. Hence the mob code, you know, comments that I make on how Donald speaks. He doesn't even need to tell them. He's just letting it out there. And you, MAGA moron with the three teeth and four brain cells, you do what it is that you wish to do in my honor. Make me proud. And then what Trump does is then throws the MAGAs under the bus who make the threat and say, I had nothing to do with that. 
and, and Trump's lawyer in a brief to the appellate division first department, a reply brief that was filed, said that those comments were vile and reprehensible that were directed at the judge's principal law clerk, but argued Donald Trump has nothing to do with it. Those are just people acting on their own. You can take action against them, but you can't do what they say is a heckler's veto and go, Trump's just the heckler. And you can't stop him from saying things. If other people engage in vile and reprehensible behavior, that is not connected to an imminent threat created by Donald Trump, which I vehemently disagree with. But that's the argument that they make to the appellate division, just like they make the argument to the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. Uh, that special counsel, Jack Smith, being the target of these threats, that Judge Chutkin being the target of these threats, is somehow not related to Donald Trump, is part of this heckler's veto where you can't stop Donald Trump from engaging in what they say is protected speech. And then they even say, connecting Donald Trump to the people who were there on January 6th, connecting Trump to the insurrectionists, Donald Trump's lawyers argue that's inflammatory. Trump has no connection to them. That should be stricken and not even presented to the jury, to which special counsel Jack Smith responded, Donald Trump's out there making musicals with the January 6th insurrectionists. He's bragging that he's doing songs with the J6th choir. So Interesting, he wants to throw them under the bus in a court, but then when he goes to his traveling fascist circus events that he calls rallies, that he will say, listen to this great song by the J6th Choir. By the way, that Breitbart article, it even gets worse than that because it's hearsay within hearsay within hearsay. Breitbart, Breitbart cites a social media account called like judicial activist or something like that, that has been previously cited by a federal judge for manipulating and providing disinformation. And they cite an account that referred to Judge Ngoron as the hobo judge. And then Donald Trump is posting that account over and over again. And as soon as the gag order was lifted by the appellate division while this briefing's happening. What's Trump doing? Every day he posts yep. about the clerk and threats, 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 threats. It's just who engages in that? Be like, like again, going back to character, Michael Cohen, which we talked at the beginning. Look, I've been a lawyer now for 13, 14 years. You know, you know, you know, practicing law, you know, th this is not how people behave. They don't go attack the principal law clerk and post photos of her. It, it is deranged. It, it should be disqualifying. Yet an entire political party, a full-blown fascist party, glorifies this. Yeah, I mean, look, I've been practicing for almost 30, for more than 30 years, since 1992. And I can tell you, I have never in my life, now I didn't practice criminal law, but I've been before plenty of judges, some of whom I really really despise, but you never turn around and disrespect the judge in his own courtroom. You never turn around if you are especially a defendant in a case, disrespect the judge, have your lawyers, not one, not two, but all three lawyers go out there and disrespect the judge who is going to be pronouncing a sentence on you, whether or not it's civil or criminal. It's just a stupid thing to do. But then again, look at who we're speaking about. We are speaking about 
the moron in chief, the former moron in chief, or I say the moron former chief. I mean, whatever you want to call him, it's as stupid as can be. I mean, it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Now, I am all for, and it's something that I have, you know, very difference of opinion in terms of how criminal defense or even defend in, uh, defense counsel uh, likes to represent their clients. They don't ever want their client to speak, regardless of what the situation is. They say, it's never going to ignore to your benefit. It's going to cause negative press. Judges don't like it. Personally, I don't give a shit whether the judge likes it or doesn't like it. This is not a this is not a um, homecoming, you know, uh, competition or who's going to be class president. If you are fighting for your rights, if you are fighting for your reputation, because so many defense attorneys they ignore the fact that you are not just fighting in a court of law. Depending upon who you are, you are also fighting the court of public opinion, and not to have public opinion on your side, as far as I'm concerned, detrimentally affects the outcome of a case. And I am a firm believer in that. And I think more defense attorneys need to speak up, but there's a respectful way to speak up. You could attack the process. You can say that this is, um, you know, this is an improper, uh, you know, action or prosecution against me that, the prosecutors aren't even interested in the facts, that they're more interested in a conviction. These are all fine, so long as you do it respectfully, not the way that Trump does it, where you are attacking the safety of a court employee and one, again, who happens to be close to the man, the judge, Judge Ngoron, um, in this specific case, who will be rendering a sentence against you. Just utterly stupid and bad strategy. Let's go from New York to South uh, Carolina, where you had the South Carolina Clemson game. I want to play for you the clip. Look, Donald Trump has his advance team carefully choreographed all of these appearances because appearances matter to want to be authoritarians. So when Donald Trump gives a speech at a high school gymnasium in Fort Dodge, Iowa, they act like this is a massive sold out stadium when it isn't. And that's why it is important for us to set the record straight and say, that's a small high school gym. And it's a high school gym. Donald Trump's talking about golden showers and hookers in a high school gym, in a small high school gym. How disgusting can you get? I want to show you though now, this is how Donald Trump was greeted. As he showed up, his handlers weren't there. He shows up to the South Carolina uh, Clemson game, and this is what goes down. Play the clip.
Michael. I'll tell you something. I wish to God that you can show and Salty, if you can pull it up as well, when he was actually standing on the field. It was great. There's a bunch of the uh, band members. One guy's giving them the finger. The other one's yelling, you're going to jail, motherfucker. You're going to jail. I mean, I if I was part of that band, if I had, you know, for example, my saxophone or you had a trumpet, I would have gotten all of the members of, you know, of the band as, you know, he's there just to like screech on our instruments with some like ear piercing, ear piercing, you know, uh, just terrible note that, you know, you everybody remembers when, you know, they're playing, you know, when we were playing, for example, in like fourth grade or fifth grade in the, uh, you know, the Christmas uh, band and somebody like on the woodwind on your clarinet just misses it. And all of a sudden you hear a screech. Everybody should have done that, you know, and just boo the shit out of him because he's standing there and on his untrue social post, he has them dub in applause, like I think out of Kim Jong-un's rally, because that's to me what it sounded like. It was inc- you, It's bizarro land. You don't know with AI technology and the ability to manipulate this stuff, you don't know what is true and what is not true, other than the fact that you were watching the game, which I was, you clearly saw what was going on because it was live. But on tr- Trump's um, social posts, you would think that this was a massive success for him, that every Clemson kid, all of the Gen Zers, are all Trump supporters. And this is the danger of AI. This is the danger of manipulation. You know, I want to just go into something as it relates to Elon Musk, a promise that he kind of made and I'm sure we're going to go into greater detail with it, Ben, but it's a promise that he made to really start having X, or formerly Twitter, properly monitored to put an end to racism, Islamophobia, anti-Semitism, and all of these manipulated stuff. That would be great. That's about one way that the guy's going to be able to save that social media platform. Because right now, when I go out and I put something out, let's say about you and me, Ben, that we're going to be on at 4.30 to 5.30 or talk about our Patreon account and how well it's doing and some other stuff that maybe I'm up to. The number of attacks that I get within like 15, 20 minutes, it's absurd. But then again, if you go into any of these attackers and you go into their profile, one, they're all older. Two, they all have either a goatee or they have um, a full mustache and beard. Three, that their profile icon is of like a flower, a gun, uh, a fire hydrant, a dog, a pit bull, whatever. They have, they've been on the platform since like 2020. They have 20 to 30 followers. They All they do is just repost because they are bots. They are bots that have blue checks that are paying X in order to be legitimate. But they are, of course, not. Here's the problem. Unless you actually go in and take the time to look at their profile, you believe that these people are part of the conversation, which they are not. 
And that's what Ben and I are constantly talking to our, you know, to our brigaders about and why your involvement in this creation of political beatdown and what we do with it is so vital. It is everything that we keep talking about of misinformation, malinformation, disinformation. And if we don't stop it by providing facts, by letting you take the facts that are presented to you and deciding what needs to be done with those facts, this democracy, and I'm not being hyperbolic, I say all the time, this democracy will be doomed. So if you boo Trump or you would have boo Trump at the South Carolina game, at the Clemson game, smash a blue heart so that we can see exactly how many people would have done the same thing that you know, that was done and boo the shit out of him from the second he pulled up to the time that the idiot governor ended up bringing him out. Why Donald ended up coming out for a Clemson game to stand there? Who thought of this? Who thought that this was a smart thing? And why the schools even allowed it to happen? I have no clue. You make a great point there. And I think that's important. And this is where we should connect what happened in Fort. Point, Ben? Donald with the point. You know who else makes a great point? Donald with that fucking hoodie, Ku Klux Klan hoodie of his with all of the racist bullshit that comes out of his mouth. Trust me, he makes a good hood too. A good point. With Fort Dodge, Iowa and Donald Trump not being able to fill stadiums anymore. He's filling a high school auditorium. He needs photographs. This is authoritarianism feeds off this stuff. So he needs to be in a stadium where people will be cheering for something, not him, but he can make it about him. So this is where the Craven calculation comes into play. So then he reaches out to the MAGA Republican governor of South Carolina, Henry McMaster, and you've got a lot of people excited to be at that game. That's the biggest game of the year for South Carolina and and Clemson, some many would say. And so you got the governor who brings him out there, and the governor thinks that he's a popular governor. So if you've got a governor there, and then you've got, you're in South Carolina, you've got the stadium as your background, All you need, to your point earlier, for Donald Trump's base, even if the boos are lots of boos at the beginning and then, say, 50-50 boos at the stadium itself, for Trump, if you can just get some people clapping and then show that he's in a stadium, that's what his advanced team, led by Jason Miller and others and Stephen Chung, that's what they're looking for, that image, and it is a staple of authoritarianism to promote that type of propaganda. So him doing that with Henry McMaster, look, South Carolina is a public university. Clemson is a public university. Henry McMaster is the governor of the state, and they are on state property engaging in that conduct. It is deeply, deeply problematic and exactly the type of world, dystopian world, MAGA Republicans want to bring here that exists in authoritarian regimes. I want to bring us to the, the what was taking place earlier today, this 
this real, real, it was, it was a beautiful proceeding. Um, so sad to see the passing of Rosalind Carter. Um, Jimmy Carter, President Jimmy Carter, made a surprise visit from the hospice to, to be there. Married for over 77 years. A beautiful marriage. A beautiful life of of dignity, of respect for our country, of actual leadership. Um, Donald Trump didn't show up to this funeral. Melania showed up. She was wearing like a gray tan jacket. Everyone else was wearing black. I want to show you this portion, Michael Cohen, though, where the grandson of Rosalind Carter and Jimmy Carter, Jason Carter, is giving a eulogy, and he reflects on who is in the room. Let's play this clip. And again, a special thank you, Secretary Clinton, Mrs. Bush, Mrs. Obama, Mrs. Trump, and Dr. Biden. Thank you all for coming and acknowledging this remarkable sisterhood that you share with my grandmother. And thank you all for your leadership that you provided for our country and the world. Secretary Clinton and Dr. Biden, we also welcome your lovely husbands. want to talk about that and more. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Did you know that your temperature at night can have one of the greatest impacts on your sleep quality? If you wake up too hot or too cold, I highly recommend you check out Miracle Made's bed sheets. Inspired by NASA, Miracle Made uses silver-infused fabrics and makes temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. Using silver-infused fabrics inspired by NASA, Miracle Made sheets are thermoregulating and designed to keep you at the perfect temperature all night long so you get better sleep every night. These sheets are infused with silver that prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets. No more gross odors. Miracle sheets are luxuriously comfortable without the high price tag of other luxury brands and feel as nice, if not nicer, than sheets used by some five-star hotels. Miracle sheets are the perfect gift for your spouse, friends, or family who doesn't want better sleep and luxurious feeling bed sheets. And since these come with three free towels, you get two gifts in one, just in time for the holidays. Stop sleeping on bacteria. Bacteria can clog your pores, causing breakouts and acne. Sleep clean with Miracle. Go to trymiracle.com slash beat to try it today or gift it to someone special this holiday season. And we've got a special deal for our live listeners. Save up to 40%. And if you use our promo beat, B-E-A-T, at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product. It's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. That's great. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash beat and use the code beat to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40%. Again, that's trymiracle.com 
T-R-Y-M-I-R-A-C-L-E.com slash BEAT, B-E-A-T, to treat yourself, a friend, or loved one on this holiday season. Lomi is the only appliance that prevents food waste from stinking up your kitchen and polluting the planet. Now that I've invested in a Lomi, it's changed the way I deal with my food waste. Lomi is the biggest innovation in the modern day kitchen since the dishwasher. Lomi has helped me turn my home into a climate solution. Now I can transform my organic waste into nutrient-rich Lomi earth that I can feed to my plants, lawn or garden, instead of sending it to the landfill. I can help the environment and make my life easier. In just four hours, Lomi transforms almost anything you eat into nutrient-rich plant food at the push of a button. It's smart, simple food recycling that fits my space perfectly. Cut the chore of doing the trash in half and eliminate bugs and odors in your kitchen. And here's the bonus, you get to feed your lawn and garden with an all natural fertilizer that you just created out of your food scraps. All my food scraps, plant clippings, and even those leftovers I forgot in the back of the fridge can go back into my garden, helping me grow more nutritious food at home. I learned that food waste makes up a huge portion of our personal carbon footprint also. By reducing the amount of food I send to landfill, I'm helping to do my part for the planet. Whether you wanna start making a positive environmental impact or just grow a beautiful garden, Lomi is perfect for you. Head to Lomi.com slash beat and use the promo code beat to get $50 off your Lomi. That's $50 off when you head to Lomi.com slash beat, B-E-A-T, and use promo code beat at checkout. Thank you, Lomi, for sponsoring this episode. Welcome back. I switched locations. We're here on Beatdown. The the lighting was very off. I'm traveling right now, and whenever I go to the new hotel, I try to find the right positioning. The other one was off. I think this is slightly better. Michael Cohen, before we took the break, I showed a clip from the uh, funeral of Rosalind Carter, showed you Jason Carter, her and Jimmy Carter's grandson, reflecting on the absence of Donald Trump in that room. Uh, the people who were there in attendance were uh, laughing. They, they understood the message. You've got Melania there wearing gray to the funeral, kind of making it about her, the, the, the whole thing there, Donald Trump not showing up, nor could he show up at this, but I'll show you one more. Well, clip he's, well, he's busy. He's busy. He's busy right now. And let's, you know, let's give him, you know, a little, a little slack on this one. I mean, he's, you know, he's got to knock down a couple more burgers. Uh, he's got a couple more gyms that he, you know, that he needs to talk about golden showers. You know, he's still has to get in at least a round of golf. Let's, not put that. I mean, why show any respect to anyone that held the same, you know, that, you know, lived in the same house, the people's house, the White House uh, that you did? Why show any respect? You know, before you go on to the next clip, can I just say something, Ben, that I took away from uh, that clip more than anything? The entire place found the comment funny and they applauded the levity during a time that each and every one of us knows, because I'm sure every single brigader watching and with us right now has been to a funeral. They're sad. They're always sad. Even when somebody lived as such a wonderful, long life as Rosalind Carter did, they're all sad. 
So to bring in some levity is wonderful. The only one in the place that wasn't clapping, that wasn't clapping, Melania. Just sitting there the same way Donald sat at the Washington Correspondents' Dinner. You know, just sitting there, shaking the head, acknowledging, yeah, I know, I know, you know, yep, everybody keep keep clapping. If you're not clapping for me, I'm not going to clap too. You know, that's just who they are. Show you this next clip from the funeral. This is Judy Woodruff, a reporter from PBS, talking about the interview she did back in 2021 uh, with Jimmy Carter and Rosalind Carter, 75 years of marriage at that time. And here's how Judy Woodruff uh, remembers that encounter. Here, play this clip. I last interviewed President and Mrs. Carter together in Plains in July 2021 as they were celebrating their 75th wedding anniversary. I asked them how they thought President Biden was doing early in his term. President Carter was very specific on issue after issue <laughs> and quite complimentary of the new president. Mrs. Carter said simply, it's a great relief to have him in office. And what? And then you have Melania sitting there just like that. You know, and it does take a certain level of humility to find, you know, to, to be there, you know, to take, to, to smile, to, you know, to, to be part of the, the, the joke. I don't think any of that was underhanded at, at all in, in, in my opinion. And the fact that Donald Trump didn't show is the ultimate sign of weakness, is the ultimate sign of uh, disrespect. But uh, otherwise- you know, I'm going to be honest with you, Ben. I'm glad he didn't show up because this is a time where Americans reflect upon somebody who had given of themselves for the benefit of the country. And if Donald was there, Donald would figure out or try to figure out how to make it all about him. I mean, you have Jimmy Carter there basically on a gurney, right, to honor the love of his life who just passed a first lady, a wonderful person who gave back so much, not only when she was first lady, but after it in the Habitats for Humanity, things like that. What have any of the Trumps done since they left? What has Melania done with her, what is it, be best? I mean, come on. He would try to make it all about him, and it really would have detracted from the, you know, from the funeral. And personally, on for the Carter family, it was the best thing that could have happened that his ego could not be quelched long enough for him to sit to honor the death of somebody who gave so much to the country. I, I hope you don't mind, Michael Cohen, if I show this next clip and that the brigaders don't mind, because I, I definitely do want to talk about Hunter Biden agreeing to testify publicly before the House Oversight Committee and the MAGA Republicans who lead that committee saying that they want to do a secret deposition after ranting and raving about wanting Hunter Biden to testify. Hunter said, I'll do it. And they all said, nope, it's got to be in secret now, which tells you everything. But I, I do want to show you this because we've been talking a lot. A theme of this episode is just character. 
morals, character. So I, I want to show you a small portion of that interview that Jimmy Carter and Rosalind Carter did back in 2021 with Judy Woodruff, where they talked about love, where they talked about kissing each other every night, giving each other space, reconciling all of their differences before they go to sleep. And I reflect on this. I say, this, this, this is people with high character who I want to show my kids and future grandkids and family members and cousins and relatives. And I, I, this is what I want. This is the example I want to show people here. Play this clip of the interview with PBS, Judy Woodruff and Jimmy Carter and Rosalind Carter back from 2021. I'm going to show you a small portion of it. Play it. Give each other space and we try to do things together. We're always looking for things we can do together, like birding and fly fishing and just anything we can find to do together. To know what, especially couples who uh, have been through what the two of you have been through, what's the secret when you don't see eye to eye on something for how you patch it back together? At the end of the day, we try to reconcile and overcome all the differences that arose during the day. Uh, we also uh, make up and give each other a kiss before we go to sleep. We're still in the bed, and we uh, we always read the Bible every night, which kind of adds a different aspect to our life. So we really try to become completely reconciled each night before we go to sleep. I mean, if that doesn't bring if that doesn't bring a tear to your eye. Right now, me, I'm going on 30 years with my wife. I can tell you, we don't fight. We we don't. So we don't have to reconcile at night. Whatever she says is, <laughs> she wins every argument anyway. There's no there's no fighting. She's right, I'm wrong. It's just the way that it works. So there's nothing to reconcile about. And Cohen, <laughs> good man. I want to compare that, though, to, let's just compare. As President Biden said before, don't compare me to the almighty, compare me to the alternative. So there you saw something that I would love to show kids and grandkids and family members and just to teach people about, about love, about love story. Let's compare it to Donald Trump because character matters. Play the clip. And you say, and again, this has become very famous in this video. I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. Just kiss. I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Grab them by the pussy. You can do anything. That's what you said, correct? Well, historically, that's true with stars. It's true with stars that, that they can grab women by the pussy? Well, that's what it's... If you look over the last million years, I guess that's been largely true. Not always, but largely true. Unfortunately or fortunately. And you consider yourself uh, to be a star? I think you can say that, yeah. And it goes fortunately or unfortunately. And I think it's important, though, to show those clips back to back because there is a character deficit with the modern day Republican Party. It's, it's that simple. And one of the things I appreciate about President Biden, though, is character. And it's why MAGA Republicans work so hard to try to undermine it, to try to create some equivalence that doesn't exist 
with the degradation and what you just saw of Donald Trump. And anybody who looks at that and roots for that sicko in that deposition who says, fortunately, for a million years now, for a million years that this has been going on, just you have to just take a look at the. It's not necessarily only what he's saying, but how he's saying it. It's it's all made up. First of all, there weren't stars and celebrities a million years ago. Let's just start with that. Why say it that way? Because he's trying to get into your head that this idea has been going on since the day of Adam and Eve. That's really what he's trying to, you know, to relay here. It's so sick what he's saying that you're a celebrity, therefore you have the right to, you know, to grab women, uh, you have the right to do whatever you want. And when all of this started coming out, you know, I remember having the conversation with him, asking him, you know, how's how's Melania holding up in it? So he goes, Where's she going? He goes, <laughs> he goes, so what? If she leaves, you think there won't be a number four? This is the whole issue with Donald Trump. She doesn't mean anything to him. He does. It's about him. It's not even about her. So what does she do? And she puts on her gray outfit instead of the customary black outfit that most people right would wear, as you can see from the rest of the people in that in that row. Why? Because that's her little way of making it about her, that she's going to stand out, that you, Ben, and I and our political beatdown brigaders are going to talk about Melania. It's all about their ego and just being mentioned at the dinner table. That's the narcissistic sociopathy of that family. And it's exactly why I say this on every single beatdown, that we must ensure that there is a blue tidal wave. And one thing I'm going to ask each and every one of you today to make a commitment, tell one friend to join us next um, on Tuesday, I'm sorry, on Thursday for our next political beatdown at 4.30 Eastern Standard Time or wherever you are. Make sure that one additional person joins and watches what's going on here. This group, this brigade, needs to start growing every single week by almost double. And my hope is that when we start approaching the season where things get into high gear for the upcoming 2024 election, that our voices can drown out this GOP, you know, sexism, misogyny, racist ideology that we can bury them in terms of size that we end up drowning out their racist voices and we just come in and we just engulf them and ensure that the 2024 election goes as Ben was saying don't judge me by the almighty judge me by the alternative and the alternative here as it looks right now is Donald Trump Cohen when you were working for Trump uh, I want to just uh, get back to the story you were talking about. You were trying to connect with him over how was his wife doing? Um, and you asked him how Melania was holding up. And his response to you was that 
basically, do, do you think I'm not I, going anywhere? Do you think not or, going anywhere? Or, or, or if she did, you don't think I would find a replacement and find number four? Well, did he not do that to number one, number two? Why would he? Why does she think that she's any different than Ivana or um, Marla? She's not. She to him is arm candy, and he thinks and he knows that there's plenty of people that would be willing to be Mrs. Trump number four. He and he just doesn't care. Look, they don't live together. Who knows? I mean, she's somewhere else. He's at Mar-a-Lago. You don't see them together filmed. You don't see them walking as, you know, a president um, and, uh, and Mrs. Carter did, you know, at a Habitat for Humanity construction. You don't see any of that. What do you see? You see him on the golf course with a bunch of assholes. You see her or barely see her unless you're seeing her in a photo somewhere with Barron. Uh, you know, it they lead two completely separate lives. So which person walks down, you know, uh, a runway with him for a special event? He doesn't particularly care. He only loves himself. He doesn't have the capacity to love anyone else. I want to talk about MAGA Republicans in the House of Representatives rejecting Hunter Biden's offer to testify before the House Oversight Committee in public under penalty of perjury in front of all of the cameras, but he wants to do it in public. This is how the MAGA Republicans responded. Pull that back up, Salty, right there. Hunter Biden is trying to play by his own rules instead of following the rules required of everyone else that won't stand with the House Republicans. And just because I want to make sure you have all of the facts, all of the evidence, all of the data in the letter that was sent by Hunter Biden's lawyer, uh, there it is right there, Winston and Strawn to James Comer, the chair of the House Oversight Committee. Here's what Hunter Biden said. Mr. Chairman, we take you up on your offer. Accordingly, our client will get right to it by agreeing to answer any pertinent and relevant questions you or your colleagues might have. But rather than subscribing to your cloaked one-sided process, he will appear at a public oversight and accountability committee hearing. To quote your November 8th, 2023 letter accompanying this subpoena, Given your client's willingness to address this investigation publicly up to this point, we would expect him to be willing to testify before Congress. He is, Mr. Chairman. A public proceeding would prevent selective leaks, manipulated transcripts, doctored exhibits, or one-sided press statements. And you would think that the MAGA Republicans, who all they talk about, Hunter Biden laptop, Hunter Biden nude, Hunter Biden laptop, you would think now given the offer that they would say, if they cared about transparency, that they would do this hearing in public. But of course you saw they rejected it. They want a private deposition that nobody gets to know about so that each side, specifically the MAGA Republicans, can lie and spin what happens. Hunter Biden wants it in public. And then you have, boom, like that, the right-wing disinformation media Fox. They get their talking points. Okay, so what are we supposed to care about today? Got it. We care about 
Private depositions are better than public under oath hearings. And when you watch this clip from Fox, you go to yourself, what? What? But this is the type of disinfo they inject into the veins of their viewers every day. Play this clip. Yeah, that would be interesting. But I agree that I, I prefer hearings to be done behind closed doors because I think that they actually get mm -hmm. to the to the heart of the matter and they get some truth and they can ask questions without preening for the camera, without all the grandstanding. That is my preference. And for for Abby Lowell, his attorney to say, well, you all use that to misinform and to distort the facts. Well, you know what? You can do that, too, Abby. After he comes out of his closed-door session, you feel free to knock yourself out, and you can distort, too. I mean, it's, it's, it's a silly argument. And, and Comer has said, fine, sit, sit before us publicly, a public hearing. We'll do that later. We want the closed-door one first. Right. And I think that's totally, totally appropriate. Hunter Biden would love nothing more than to sit, have cameras pointed at him, oh, and yeah. try to generate the narrative that he wants to, to form. And I think it's proper and right that... You're, you're right. He gets he gets to do another one, maybe on 60 Minutes or wherever he wants <laughs> to go. And Cohen, I mean, thank God. Is... Thank God, Ben, for Michelle Tafoya, NFL sideline reporter, to give us her opinion, the ignorant asshole that she is. You're right, because everybody's going to be grandstanding. You know, when you're a member of Congress, how about you don't fucking grandstand? How about you turn around and you decide that you're going to speak truth that the goal of the committee, the goal of the hearing is to get to the truth. Did Hunter Biden do something wrong? Yes or no. Let's lay the facts out and let the American people see it. But she's just another fucking blowhard on this bullshit stage called Fox that they just keep spewing more and more and more. And it's funny because I bet you if we look if we look for a few minutes, we'll find the same person, Michelle Tafoya, or these members there saying, why is this being done behind closed doors? What about transparency? How many times have we heard the word transparency used by Fox News and other media outlets, both right and left? All right. I did it. I appeared seven times before congressional committees, only one. Only one that was before, God bless his soul, rest in peace, Elijah Cummings and the House Oversight Committee. They didn't want it, understand the GOP, did not want this to be televised. I wanted it to be televised along with Elijah Cummings. You know, they, this is so ridiculous, the fact that they are hiding information from the American people so that they could continue, Ben, as you appropriately put it, the misinformation, disinformation campaign of the GOP. When you get into it, follow the money. I mean, what is this about? I did a story about the mortgages that the various Trump kids have put on their mega mansions. And so while you've got the whole MAGA Republicans going after Hunter Biden, who never worked in the White House and never held public office, Ivanka and Jared, and then you have all the other Trumps who were giving speeches on behalf of their dad and tore the... Just I want to show you this right here. Let me show you. This is Don Jr.'s mansion right here. I'll pull up this. This is Ivanka's, uh, I think, $30 million mansion right there. And this is Eric's mansion right there. And they're laughing at the <laughs> at their people. They're out there 
begging for money. Could you imagine that these those three, these three couldn't work in a diner flipping a burger, especially Eric. I mean, you know, he wouldn't know which side is up and which side is down. You'd have to stamp a U or a D on the hamburger for him to know which side is up and down. Fucking stupid as they come. And Don Jr., I mean, honestly, none of the three of them would have the ability to hold down a job if it wasn't doing exactly what they're doing now, which is grifting. And to you know what? You just gave me the two-finger salute goes to the Trump kids. Fuck you all for grifting off of the dumb people, the uneducated people that your daddy loves so much, right? I want everybody to be successful and everybody should be able to live in the most beautiful of homes that that exists out there. I do truly wish that on everyone, but not under the circumstances when you're stealing and lying from your own supporters and your agenda is an agenda filled with racism and hate and Islamophobia and anti-Semitism and everything else nasty and negative and destruction of our American democracy and the constitution. No, that you don't get to you don't get to live in a palace or a castle because you are not the princes and the princesses. All right. Rest assured, we as the brigade, and again, I'm just asking next this upcoming Thursday, when Ben and I come back at 4:30 for the next episode, I'm asking each and every one of you, please pass this link off to a friend and make sure that they log on, make sure that they watch, make sure that they become part of this brigade family because only through this brigade family are we going to be able to destroy not 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 just cancel out i'm talking about the absolute destruction of trumpism because as i said in my book revenge in the very last line trumpism is fascism and it must be eradicated from our body politic anything short of that we will lose our democracy. And if you value democracy as I do, if you value the First Amendment as much as clearly I do, being somebody who knows what it feels like to have it taken away from you and incarcerated for that, I'm begging you to make sure that you bring at least one additional person on Thursday so that they could see what we we collectively are trying to accomplish, not just here on Political Beatdown, but through all of the Midas Touch Network properties, including, of course, the newest addition to the Midas Touch Network, my blue background icon, Mea Culpa, by the way, number 26 right now. I mean, literally since I joined MTN uh, and their RSS feed, I have not been higher than like number 40 of all top shows throughout the entire country. I mean, we're just killing it. And thanks to you. And I hope each and every one of you enjoys each and every episode. Well, we're so thrilled to have you here in the Midas Touch family on the Midas Touch Network. Political Beatdown Brigaders, thank you so much for watching this. Cohen and I are gearing up for the after show at patreon.com slash political beatdown. We don't have outside investors here at the Midas Touch Network the way we go about growing this independent media platform through the emojis, our pro-democracy sponsors, and through our Patreon where we do our exclusive after show. And Cohen and I will be announcing when our next 
uh, exclusive meeting, Zoom meeting will be. We'll be announcing that very, very shortly where you could meet Michael Cohen um, and me. Um, but meet Michael Cohen, ask Cohen questions, and uh, those have been going great. We record those. We've got so much content on patreon.com slash political beatdown. We hope you all enjoy that content, and it's a way to support and build this network. If, if, and kind you, of if you can, if you can, I ask, please help us because, as Ben said, we do not take outside um, support. We will not have our opinions guided like the way so many others are, whether it's the OANs, the Newsmaxes, uh, you know, where or Fox, where they have, you know, guys like uh, the my pillow guy, Mike Lindell, you know, as a financial contributor through advertising. So if you can, we ask you just to please do it. It's one way to help to keep not just political beatdown going, but to ensure that we remain completely. Unbiased. I know it's going to sound funny, but we are unbiased. Now, I make no bones about it. I have my issues with Donald Trump, but that doesn't mean that we're out there before these episodes concocting bullshit and lying to you and trying to feed you misinformation, disinformation, or malinformation. No, we give you the facts and we show it to you. We're not the ones who create those. We certainly didn't create the funeral. We just merely report it, and we hope that you understand our point. Uh, and sometimes Ben and I don't agree. That's what your contributions go to help, and Patreon, of course, is one way of doing it. So with that, if you can, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We've got still an audience here, about nine and a half thousand people watching as we close out. Want to tell everybody, in addition to checking out patreon.com slash political beatdown, the latest video has just dropped on the Midas Touch YouTube channel about Donald Trump not showing up to the funeral of Rosalind Carter. Check that out. Um, it, 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 it's a very powerful video. It's free, of course. And as soon as you finish watching this here, you can go and check that out for free. It's on the feed called Trump Too Cowardly to Attend Rosalind Carter's Funeral. Until next time, I'm Ben Micellis, joined by Michael Cohen. This is Political Beatdown. Shout out to the Midas Mighty.